I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Happy New Year, listeners. We're glad that you're back. We're glad to be back. Um, God is good. And 2021, here we go. It's going to be a great year. I'm convinced of it. I am. I was thankful for last year, quite frankly. Some people may not have been, but I, I was thankful for last year. And I know this year is going to be even greater. Happy New Year, Gary Jr. Yes, Happy New Year to you and all the listeners out there. Today, you know, Gary, I thought that we may just point out some of the surprises that we've seen. The NBA season, you know, it's in its embryo stages. It's just getting started. But already I'm seeing certain things that uh, truly have caused me to scratch my head and, and say, oh, that's pre- pretty interesting. And, and, and one I'm going to uh, make note of, and then I'm going to talk about one of their premier players as well because he just passed away. And then the other team was also a big surprise to me, but maybe not to you because you've always liked this player on this team, and I never could appreciate how great this player would be. So I'm going to start by saying that my two biggest surprises would be the Phoenix Suns, and the second big surprise would be the Atlanta Hawks. But before we go into detail as to why they're my biggest surprises thus far, I'd be remiss if I did not acknowledge the death of a great basketball player who was somewhat of my, my contemporary, older than me, but still, I, I followed him when he was at USC. I followed him when he was um, an All-American at the University of Southern California during the years in which they battled a guy by the name of Luel Sender, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the games were just magnificent when the UCLA team played the USC Trojans. And then the guy's name is uh, Paul Westfall. He just made the Hall of Fame. I think they were a little late on, on, on inducting him, Gary, because he had a very good career. You know, don't get me wrong. He was not someone that, you know, averaged 30 points a game and, and led teams to, you know, seven or eight championships. But what he did for Phoenix, he really put Phoenix on the map as a, as a championship caliber team. And then he, be, he became a good coach as well. Uh, he played for the Celtics for a number of years. I think I mentioned him as one of our honorable mentioners. He may not even have made our honorable mention in the top 50, quite frankly. But I, I did mention him in, the, in passing uh, last year when we did our – our shows on our listing. So he just passed away, and I, and I, I would be remiss to not mention him. One little point about Paul Westfall. As I said before, he led his team to an NBA championship in 1974. He was a five-time All-Star. Three times he was first-team All-NBA, a second-team All-NBA one time. They retired his number at the Phoenix Suns. All-American in college. It's a very solid player. I always admired him. He wasn't a prolific scorer. But he was a very smart ball player. He had, uh, you know, stats that you could say, well, okay, pretty ordinary. But he did the intangible things. And and that's why I uh, always liked him as a player. And and my prayers go out to his family. Other is is Casey Jones. Casey Jones, a legendary figure. In in fact, Gary, we all know about the alley-oop. Well, the alley-oop basketball play was really started with Casey Jones and Bill Russell when they were in college together at the University of San Francisco. Uh, they didn't lose a game. <laughs> they went 29-0. But that, and then he went on to join Bill Russell years later. They uh, went together to the Celtics, and that was obviously a, a great run. Just six foot tall, you know, 
Best ball is about six three, six four, but small guard, very tough guard. Only played about twenty six minutes per game with the Celtics because they had a very solid, very solid team back then. But you know, he won eight NBA championships with the Celtics. He won two NCAA championships. What what did all of those have in common? Bill Russell. So he played next to Bill Russell, but he was the consensus second team All American in college. But um, good coach. In fact, he won an NBA championship as a coach as well. So uh, my prayers go out to KC Jones and his family. And once again, two great basketball players who have left us uh, over the uh, year, last couple of weeks, really, one in the latter part of 2020 and the other the first part of 2021. Now, getting back, Gary, to our my biggest surprises, I'm telling you, when you look at the Phoenix Suns, and, and I say to myself, you know, what's different? And I'm going to ask you that, other than Mr. CP3, Chris Paul. Now, I think that he helped OKC do well, in fact, to make the playoffs. And right now, they are sitting on top of the... NBA Western Division. Now, it's early. They've only played six games. But still, it has to be noted. And you can look at some of the box scores, Gary, and it's it's impressive. And who would have thunk that Atlanta would be sitting near the top in the Eastern Division? And they're they're kicking butt. I mean, they, they played Brooklyn. They played the Nets uh, not too long ago, a couple of days ago. They, they, they spanked them. So um, it's, it's been an interesting uh, beginning. They're just, you know, only five games. They won four of them. But I wanted to point those two out. I can elaborate after uh, you make some comments about either or, or both. Yes, I'm not surprised with with either team's record. This season is going to be probably the most unique season in NBA history because of the the amount of rest that these players have had in between. Some have had nine months. Some of you know some of mm. seventy one days. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the best players are going to sit out games and. And because of this NBA schedule, because of COVID, a lot of these teams are playing back-to-back games against the same team. So mm-hmm. with Phoenix, it doesn't surprise me because Phoenix has something to prove. I think the teams that have something to prove are going to have a great regular season. And Phoenix mm-hmm. is one of those teams. They haven't made the playoffs you know, since Steve Nash was there. So, you know, of course, they're going to play really hard. And obviously, Chris Paul is back with his old coach, Monty Williams. And Devin Booker is looking like a you know superstar that he is. So that didn't really surprise me. And Atlanta added a bunch of great players. They added Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. They added Gallinari. They added Bogdanovich. They finally got a year to, you know, to see um, Cliff Capella can play the center position. Surprising me on a negative perspective is definitely the Wizards. I'm well. not a big Washington Wizards fan. <laughs> but the fact that they have a top 10 player in the league and Russell Westbrook and a top 15 player in Bradley Beal and they have one win, and they've lost. You know, they lost to the Chicago Bulls and and the you know and a bunch of bad teams. I don't understand <laughs> how they're this bad. I really don't. I they're in the same league right now with the Detroit Pistons. You know, even the Knicks have a better record than them this early in the season. <laughs> so it's not looking good. I hear you. Before I get back to the to teams that are really looking bad, I'm going to make a couple more comments about the two teams that we just talked about are, that have gotten off to a nice fast start. Yeah, you know, the last game that Phoenix played, Gary, you, you look at the box score on that. You know, you got Booker and, and Anton with 22 points, and you got Chris Paul with 21 points. 
and Bridges has 14 points. I mean, it's just a solid up and down, balanced scoring. We know Booker can put up 50, 40, whatever. And, but the fact that they have such a very balanced type of um, box score sheet is very impressive. And they're, good, they're shooting great percentages. Chris Paul is doing his thing, getting about 32 minutes of playing time, shooting 50% from the field, shooting 100, you know, 8 for 8 from the free throw line in that game. Anton, I always thought he was going to be good. And, you know, he's, he's had some good years. And, you know, he's only been playing two or three years. But, you know, the guy shot 10 for 13. Now, granted, they're playing Denver, and Denver is one and four right now, even though they have the, they're much better than their record in my estimation. But you know, the guy got eleven rebounds, and so, and Booker, Booker got more assists than than Paul, Chris Paul. He got eight assists with his twenty-two points while shooting over fifty percent from, from in that game. So it's just it's it's impressive to see, and I, and I really hope that momentum carries on. And when I when I look at our friend Trey Young, who uh, you know I always say, Gary, when he played. In college, every single game I saw the guy play, he was a terrible. It was like, oh, why do I keep bragging about this guy? And he's just a good player, and he's getting better and better and better. But they spanked Brooklyn Nets. Now, I'm not thrilled that the Nets are already taking holidays when they play, after playing a game you know, or two. Then they all of a sudden, they, they decide not to play the next game. You know, I, I'm not a fan of that because, you know, back in the day when Oscar Robinson played, when Jerry West played, when Magic Johnson played, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played, they played, okay? They didn't need, oh, I think I picked today off. Yeah. Hmm, I'll just sit on the bench today. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it. Uh, yeah, I make $50 million and I, I just don't feel like it. So your fans deserve it? Oh, we don't have fans because of COVID. Well, the bottom line is your butt should be on the court. Your butt should be on the court. You're paid to play basketball. Unless you are injured, you should be on the court. You should not have to pace yourself. You're paid to play basketball. No one's allowed to pace themselves in life. I don't know of anyone who paced themselves. You're, you're expected to give 100%, 100% of the time. That's what the fans deserve. That's why you're making the, the, the big bucks that you're making. That's why ESPN is, is, is showing your games. That's why TNT is showing the game for you to be on the court. Not that I don't feel like it today. I don't think I'm going to play. I, I, I just watch. No, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> Not for me, anyhow. I'm old school. Not for me. Well, let me defend the players for a second. You know, I agree with you on most of what you were saying, but there's one key point that you're missing, and that's the NBA is finding these players and the teams if they don't play on big national televised games. So they cannot sit out if the game's on national television. So that is something that I, I, I'm actually happy the NBA uh, is doing. You know, and like I was saying before with the standings, it all goes down to the teams that have something to prove. And both teams that mm-hmm. we are mentioning right now, they ha- have not made the playoffs in a very long time. So I expect them to be working their butts off. While a team like Denver, I don't expect Denver to try until about February. You know, they've only had, what, three months off, which is very different from any other time, because I know you brought up Oscar Robinson and, and Wilt Chamberlain, they had more days off than the, the amount of days off a team like the Lakers and the Miami Heat have had. So, you know, I'm not knocking the players for resting the first month of the season, because the reason why they're playing right now is because of money. So I don't have an issue with that. And Gary, I do understand this has been a COVID period, and, and you're right. Some players have had months off, and some players have had weeks off. And I, I, do, I do understand that, and I do appreciate that. But but I do also believe that 
these professional basketball players should recognize that you cannot just say, I'm not going to work today. Now, I believe that whole philosophy or that whole approach was put upon us by a guy by the name of Kawhi Leonard when he pulled those antics with San Antonio, when he said, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm not playing. You know, th that is absolutely should not be tolerated. I mean, that is absolutely, and he got away with it. That's not, not accurate. That's not accurate. Okay, maybe he was uh, hurt. Maybe he's faking no. an injury. I don't know what the situation was, but go ahead. No, it actually started before that. It started with the Spurs oh. before that when he, okay. uh, when Coach Pop would tell Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker to not show up to games because they weren't playing. He was he was actually resting them in, in 2009, 2010, 2011. Remember, okay. they got, okay. remember, they got fined, uh, the team did, because because uh, Tim Duncan, Tony Park, and Ginobili did not show up to the game against the Miami Heat. You're right. I, do, I do remember that. I do remember that. Okay, remember one other comment. It's what it is, Gary. It's doubly disgusting to me because if they needed rest, they could tell the coach, okay, coach, I need rest. And the coach could see that they're getting tired on the court. It's early in the season. And instead of playing 38 minutes or whatever, they'll play the players 24 minutes, 25 minutes. But the players don't want that. You know why they don't want that, Gary? Because it hurts their scoring average. They don't want that because it hurts their rebounding average. They don't want that because it hurts their assist average. That's why they're being doubly selfish. They just don't want to play because they don't want to play 28 minutes or 24 minutes because they can't get their 25 points in 24 minutes. They can't get their eight assists in 24 minutes. So they rather play nothing and then come back the following day like Mr. Durant and Mr. Irving did when they came back almost you know days later to play against the Hawks. And guess what? They magically played 37, 33 minutes. That's not one got 28 again. points, the other one got 18 points. No, so, so when they sit out, they're doing it for selfish reasons, double selfish reasons. Yeah, okay, maybe they're a little tired. They don't feel like it. But the second reason why they're doing it is because they don't want to play 24 minutes because it will hurt their scoring averages and it will hurt their overall averages. So they're being selfish on two counts. I know, I, you know not that I played in the NBA, but I played, you know, I did play Division One. and I know what players are looking at, and they're looking at their stats. And, and you don't have to be a player to be able to understand that. And so that nonsense has to stop. That nonsense should stop. And something should happen and some heavy, heavy fines should be applied to these folks because it's not fair to the people who are paying their salaries. So I don't know why you picked on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, <laughs> knowing that Kevin Durant's coming off an Achilles injury and Kyrie Irving is coming off of a shoulder injury that, you know, that only allowed him to play 23 games. So I don't have a problem with guys who are coming off an injury, starting off slow, playing okay. every other day. I don't have a problem with that at all. I have a problem with it if it's Trey Young, like we were talking about earlier, or if it's Bradley Beal or someone like that, because they haven't played since March. So I have a problem mm -hmm. with those guys doing it. I, I don't have, think they did. Did, did they, Gary? I don't no. Think no, they yeah, have not. not do that. Which is why yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with guys who are coming off of major injuries taking time off, because they would be doing that anyway. That's just the way the NBA works now. Well, it's a problem I have. I, I believe the way it used to happen years ago, Gary, they would pay 24 minutes. They would be treated like Zion Williamson was being treated last year when he came up, came in during the latter part of the last season. I know last season was like a few months ago. But, you know, Zion, was his minutes were managed. He played 18 minutes, he played 21. And we were all saying, oh, wow, he's only playing. But we understood that. We understood that. He was coming off of an injury. 
that was the proper way of handling him. Not to sit him on the bench and play, have him play 38 minutes one day and then have him play no minutes the next day. No, it's it's always been dealt with in a gradual way. You build up your minutes and, and you go accordingly. These guys are just playing games. Excuse the pun. But they're saying, hey, I'm fine. I, I'm going to play 38 minutes in, in this game so I can get my points and get my average. And then I'm going to sit out the next game. No, you can't. You should not be. A, you know, I hear you say, I hear what you're saying about the coming off of injuries, but they're not healthy. They shouldn't be playing, period. So the and, bottom line of it is they should be a gradual thing. It should not be a hiatus time for these for these folks. Now, I want to no. drop this topic. But the one last thing I want to say on it is we got to stop blaming all of it on the players. A lot of it's also on the training staffs and these organizations. I'm not just going to sit up here and say the players don't want to play. I think it has more to do with the owners, the general managers, and the training staff because there's too much money up into these players. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. Since we're talking about players not playing and durability and all that stuff, LeBron James is now, you know, has a, I guess he already had the record, but now he's at a thousand points of scoring at least 10 points in a game, which is phenomenal for him. He's basically been doing it. You know, he's had the record since 2007. He's, he started it, and now in the 2020-2021 season, he's still doing it. But is that a really a big deal to you? No, because if I can't think of the guy who had the record, then the, the guy who broke the record means nothing. <laughs> Most records, Gary, when it was a, when it's a big deal, you know the guy who had it. You know, like when, when, Bay, when Hank Aaron was going around hitting home runs on a regular basis, you knew that when he hit the magic number, I think it was to 715, it was a big deal because everyone knew the guy who had the record. So so it's a big deal when you know the person who had the record and the record was longstanding, but it wasn't a big deal when the guy who had the record had the record, then it ain't a big deal now. So I'm sorry. It's just not a big deal. And so I commend LeBron for doing that. I mean, that's good. Oh, okay, great. I mean, with that and three dollars a buy you a sausage McMuffin, I guess. But you know, who cares? That's how I look at records. If you really know the person who had it before, and then you pass it, that that's that that's something that um, usually you know means a lot more. Just like here's a classic example. You know this guy, Gary, because we we you know we had a chance to uh, play with his son in basketball. That's Cal Ripken. When Cal Ripken beat Luke Gehrig's record. It was a big deal. Why? Because everybody knew Luke Gehrig. <laughs> Everyone knew about that record. You could have been 13, 14, or 48. You knew who had the record. And so that's different <laughs> than, than this. This is not something you're going to write home about. But um, no, that's not a big deal. Well, I agree with you. That's not a big deal. Uh, but I just want to bring it up since you know the media is talking about it. But we also have to look at it from a different perspective. And this is why it's very hard to compare sports like you just did. 
Mm-hmm. Baseball, it's all about records. So we know more of the baseball records than we know any of the basketball records. That's just a fact. So I don't, you know, I'm not looking at it that way, but the way I'm looking at it is this is the easiest error to score points. If you can't score 10 points in this error, there's something wrong. If you're a superstar, there's something seriously wrong if you can't score 10 points. So, well, I, I hear you, Gabe, but then, then again, it's, it's also with, with his durability. There are times in which you get into a game and, and you get hurt in the first quarter and, you know, there goes the record, you know, so, you know, so it's, it takes a lot to do that and to be able to work your way through it. And we know LeBron, one of the things you have to, you know, I'm going to pat him on the back for it. his endurance. He is a player who really works through injuries, I think, extremely well, keeps himself in magnificent shape. All things being considered in his 17-year career. And oh, by the way, happy birthday, LeBron, a little belated, but still in the spirit. He could play through storms, and I, I do commend him for that. Because there are a lot of players who who are pretty injury prone, and and thank God, and I do say that sincerely, thank God LeBron has not been one of those, and I can I hope that it continues where he can stay, stay healthy, you know, for for years to come. So it takes that, it takes the the ability to get out and to stay on the court, to be able to to average a certain number of points per game. Because if you can't, you're not going to you know surpass records of that nature. Scoring ten points in games not that impressive, but scoring twenty points in consecutive games. It's very impressive, and Wilt Chamberlain has both of those. I think that one, I think the highest one is 128 points or whatever, consecutive 20-point games. Yeah. Consecutive 30-point games is impressive. As we know, James Harden, you know, was on that run a few years ago, and people didn't even talk about it that much at all, actually, when he had, you know, when he Mm -hmm. was doing it for 32 consecutive games. If LeBron would have passed Wilt in that, which is 65, I would have been happy. That's an accomplishment. But, you know, scoring 10 points in a game is not, to me, is, is not really a major accomplishment. I hear you. I agree. Gary, you also mentioned about the Washington Wizards. Well, you know, when I, <laughs> I look at the Wizards, I don't even know the players. I don't know, other than Bill, who in the hell is on their team? And I, I don't feel too bad about that because on the uh, TNT show with, with Charles Barkley and, and you know, with Shaq and the whole crew, they had a whole segment on, do you know this guy? <laughs> or who type team does he play for? Well, let me tell you. If they had gone through the Wizards lineup, I think they would have been, uh, all of them would have been stumped because, uh, you know, granted they have one of the Lopez twins. But Beal, we know that Westbrook is injured, but, you know, but Beal is about it. You know, he got 31 points in the first win against the uh, Timberwolves. But uh, the team is really uh, a rather interesting motley crew, so to speak. But um, we'll see what happens with them. I'm not too surprised that they did, they're doing so poorly because. I don't see how they could do well. Uh, I kind of disagree with you. Maybe with Westbrook, they will be able to um, do better. I'm not going to say well, but do better. But uh, I am surprised that, that Denver is doing so poorly at this point. But I, I do see that turning around because I think they got a really nice team, uh, the Nuggets. So, Zion, what do you think? Gary's gotten off to uh, did he get off to a good start so far. I'm not really sure. Yes, he has. He's gone off oh, to yes. a, okay. a good start, but Brandon Ingram has gone off to a great start. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's the really promising thing is that he's been, you know, he's, he's honestly been the best player on their team this year. He's really, you know, taking his game to the next level. Well, and also, isn't he, wasn't he the uh, most improved player of the year from last year? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have to say I missed that one, too. I know I said I missed Trey Young. I didn't think he was going to be as great as he is in the NBA. Uh, I missed... Ingram as well. I just 
did not see. Now, granted, he's changed. He, he does have a little more beef on his on his bones right now. But I just saw him as being so thin that he was not going to be able to go to the basket without breaking into four or five different pieces. He's gotten stronger. Uh, I always knew he could shoot, but I never thought that he could get to the basket. And you, you just can't um, you know, launch 30-footers all the time and think that people aren't going to crowd you and get on top of you. And so if you can't get by them and get to the hoop, you can't, you can't keep the defensive player honest. But he has been able to strengthen himself to the point where he can go to the basket. Now, he granted six eight six nine, but he, he has truly been a uh, shining star. Yeah, once again, one of those players that the Lakers let go, and he has <laughs> he has performed extremely well since his departure from the Lakers. And uh, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to good things for the Pelicans. I, I really am. I, I hope that they have. A, have a good season. I, I would love to see them in the playoffs. I, I, I really hope they can they can make it to the playoffs uh, this year. Um, they were close last year. Granted, they've only played five games. But right now, they're in the fourth spot. They have a winning record, which is encouraging. So we'll see what happens there. But um, the other teams are really a surprise. You know, I never thought much of the, of the Mavericks, no matter how much they want to pro- promote one of their players as a potential MVP. I don't see it yet. But, you know, the Thunder... Yeah, they're going to be the Thunder with the talent they have. They're not doing well, and I don't think they're going to do well. The Rockets, with that drama, that's like soap opera over there with with, uh, James Harden. He wants out and is demanding it and probably will get his wish. So they're kind of a, you know, a team that I'm happy that John Wall is back and got 22 points the other night. I'm very happy to see that, speaking of the Wizards, former Wizard. But for the most part, people are kind of – they are who they are for the most part. And I'm surprised, quite frankly, with the thin amount of – no, I shouldn't say that. But I'm surprised that the Warriors are even eight, are even at 500 right now. I think they do need Draymond as soon as possible. And the Trailblazers are doing well, which I expected them to do well. So not any other surprises on my end, Gary, as far as the, the East or the, or, the, or the West would be well, concerned. Well, let me say something. This early uh, on. Let me follow up on some of the things. Uh, first off, Draymond Green did come back. In the, oh, in the most recent game, and he scored a, a big donut. He scored zero points. So I don't, <laughs> okay. I'm not a Draymond Green fan. Um, <laughs> so Draymond added absolutely nothing to the game besides probably yelling at James Wiseman the whole time. So he probably didn't do anything. Well, I see they got green. They they lost yeah. by about 25 but, points. Uh, but let me let me ask the some, Trailblazers. You also attacked Dallas. You know, remember Kristaps Porzingis has not played this season yet. Oh, you're right. You're right. So let's remember that that they're not playing with you know one of their one of their better players. You know the second best player. I I hear you. I hear you. I bow to that, Gary. You're absolutely right. He's a he's an interesting uh, player. Even though when he was drafted, I was saying, did did Phil Jackson just do that? (laughs) And I think everyone who were Nick fans were also saying the same thing. Me too. But you know he's a player. No, he's a player. He's another guy who needed some weight. He needed some meat on his bones, and he did that. He worked out, worked hard, built himself up a little bit, and because he's a force out there when he's healthy. He's had injury problems over the years. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.